Let us pray. Dear God, if these words I speak are not your words, for your people on this day may be forgotten and come to naught. But, O oh God, if these are your words, may be remembered and stored in the core of our very being. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. It's never fun or easy being confronted. Whether we confront ourselves or we're confronted by another person, our hearts sink. We're met with opposition, and we get stopped dead in our tracks. For many, our instinct is to deny, defend, or deflect what is being thrown before us. Take, for instance, our good friend, Woody. Woody had it all. He had the fame, the attention. Everyone looked up to him. But most importantly, he had all the love because he was Andy's favorite toy. And as the treasured toy, he was the focus of attention. That is, until it becomes Andy's birthday. And this cool new action figure who thinks he's a space ranger becomes the new sheriff in town. All the other toys start to gravitate around him, and Woody starts to become irrelevant. One by one, the posters, the costume, the bedsheets change, underlying what Woody and every other toy fears the most, being replaced. And as Andy and his mom pack for their big move, she offers to have dinner at Pizza Planet, telling him, you can bring just one toy. This is when Woody, concerned with all the changes going on, shakes this magic eight ball and asks, will Andy pick me? To no surprise to the viewer, the magic eight ball's response is don't count on it. And in his frustration, Woody throws the eight ball off to the side, falling straight to the ground, pinned between the desk and wall. And this was the moment Woody saw an opportunity that would change his life. He turns to Mr. Hotshot and yells, Buzz, we got trouble. Down there's a helpless toy and he's trapped. And Buzz, being the good Samaritan that he is, can't help but march over to assist. Absorbed in his jealousy, Woody sets the remote control car in motion, hoping to drive Buzz off the desk to be forgotten into the abyss. Only problem is, Buzz dodges the car, as well as the rolling globe, only to get knocked off the second story window by a rotating red lamp. And it's at this point, Woody gets confronted. Mr. Potato Head calls him a backstabbing murderer and claims Woody tried to get rid of Buzz. 
And as much as Woody tries to confess his innocence and confess that it was an accident, he's confronted with the reality of what just happened. I wonder if this was similar to King David's experience when he was confronted by the prophet Nathan. In our scripture this evening in Psalm 51, we're told this was a Psalm of David when the prophet Nathan came to him after he committed adultery with Bathsheba. And if these names sound familiar to you, it might be because we examined them during our winter series. David, as you know, is Israel's greatest king. He, like Woody, had it all. He was famous for slaying the giant Goliath. He was musically gifted. He was easily the greatest king Israel's ever had, meaning he had great military power and wealth. And yet, all that still wasn't enough. One evening, David sees Bathsheba on his rooftop bathing, and being the beautiful woman that she was, David desired to have her. With no regard for her marriage or her wishes, David sleeps with her and gets her pregnant. And to make matters even worse, he tries to cover up his act by getting Uriah the Hittite, Bathsheba's husband, to try and sleep with her. When this loyal soldier refuses, David panics by having him sent to the front lines of battle only to be killed. And when Bathsheba learns of his death, David thinks he's doing the right thing by bringing her into his home and making her his wife, hoping this would make all the problems go away and be an episode he could put behind him. Only problem is, God thought differently because this whole ordeal displeased the Lord. So Nathan, sent by God, confronts David using a story about a rich man taking a little ewe lamb from a poor man. And Nathan started unpacking David's suitcase. And after being drawn into Nathan's story, David burns with anger, saying, the rich man must die. But when Nathan confronts David, saying, you are that man, David is stopped dead in his tracks. David is confronted with the truth and must look hard in the mirror at what he's just done. As we begin this Lenten journey on Ash Wednesday, to many, it'll be a season of giving up something. Maybe chocolate, social media, or alcohol. To others, it might be a time where you take something on. Hopefully something that will deepen your faith, be it reading our daily Lenten devotionals, working at a homeless shelter, or daily scripture readings. But my hope for you this season is that it'll be a time where you can encounter and be confronted by our living God. And as scary as it might sound, 
My hope is that this season can be a time where we examine our lives in honesty and see that we've sometimes allowed the ways of this world to influence our lives more than we'd like to admit. Yet, we, like David, have the assurance to come before God and confess, proclaiming, I have sinned against the Lord. And may this psalm give us the words, as it did for David, to bring an honest confession before our God, to tell him how devastated we are, to see how far we've walked away from him. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. Blot out my transgressions. Cleanse me from my sin. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. The beautiful thing about Lent is that, in, is that it invites us to be like David, a man after God's own heart. We too can long after God and have the assurance proclaimed by the prophet Nathan, the Lord has taken away your sin, you are not going to die, for we've been promised eternal life. But on this day, on Ash Wednesday, we're confronted and reminded of another reality. In their journey together, time after time, Woody isn't shy to let Buzz know he's just a toy, that he's not the real Buzz Lightyear, and that he's just a child's plaything. But this doesn't get through to Buzz's thick helmet until they're at Sid's house. While running away from Spike, Sid's terrifying dog, Buzz is led into a separate room where he's confronted by a toy commercial for the first time. Witnessing all the features a Buzz Lightyear contains, and doubt starts to creep in his mind as he walks out of the room. But in an act of defiance, he looks out the window, climbs the ledge, spreads his wings, and takes a giant leap to prove he can fly to infinity and beyond. But Buzz doesn't make it out that window. Instead, he falls to his lowest point on the ground, losing an arm and being reduced to playing tea as Mrs. Nesbitt. Buzz is reminded he's just a toy. Ash Wednesday, this day when we wear ashes on our forehead, what it's really meant to be is a moment when we are reminded of our frailty and mortality. We, like Buzz, are reminded that the world doesn't fit our agenda. The earth doesn't revolve around us. Our lives are temporary. Yet in our lives, we're confronted and realize that there's something wrong in the world. 
that things are not the way it should be. Ash Wednesday is a day where we look deep into our hearts and say, there's something wrong here. I'm not supposed to be like this. I love things I shouldn't love, and I don't love things I should love. So we come before God to repent in dust and ashes. But this doesn't mean we're bad. In fact, it's the total opposite. The reality is we are called to be extraordinary. The ashes remind us, yes, we're not perfect. We haven't made all the choices we should have made. Yes, ashes represent death and the fragility and brevity of our lives. But the cross reminds us that Jesus has claimed us as his. Even with our broken hearts and broken lives, even with all the bad choices we've made, as you come forward this evening to receive these ashes and are told, remember you are dust, and to dust you shall return. What I invite you to hear is this one word, mine. You are mine. Yes, our hearts are not as it should be. But Jesus says, you are mine. And not just the good parts. Not just your potential or how great you can be. But in this moment, let Jesus take away your sins too. That's why it's in the shape of a cross. Because Jesus didn't only claim your hearts. He looked at your sins and said, that's mine too. And that's why the ashes are in the shape of a cross, which is not only the shape we're turning towards, it's also the price tag Jesus was willing to pay to win your heart back. And apparently, God believes it's worth dying for. So when you wear these ashes, be reminded, the ashes mean I'm a sinner. But the cross means I have a savior. The ashes mean I'm not who I should be, but the cross means there's a God who is forming me into the person he believes I can be. And as you go through your 40-day Lenten journey, may you press forward and be reminded that you are never alone. Just as Buzz and Woody experienced this journey together and their friendship developed over time, the God who loves us and is willing to die for us is the same God who says, you've got a friend in me. Amen.